This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and your one-stop shop for optimizing all your office technology. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh my goodness, it's caught! DeAndre Hopkins caught it! He caught it for a touchdown! You've got to be joking me! Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Kyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the guys who cover the team. Drilled by Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Bring it on, bring it on. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. I ain't scared of nobody. Here's Paul Calvisi. Well, if everyone is done talking about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Are we done? If you are done, then I guess we can proceed with this episode of Cardinals Underground brought to you by Pacific Office Automation. Although I will start by saying Danny Sarek and Darren Urban. Paul, a podcast surmises that, you know, that doesn't happen in the NFL because, I mean, they outlawed head slaps years ago. I mean, one in the same name of Deacon Jones was going on there live on stage at the Oscars. I'm just excited that we know that you're watching the Oscars, Paul. You're so hippin' in the know, Paul. Actually, I had to go double back. I had it on in the background, was not paying attention. I think I had nodded off. I mean, it was a dreadful performance, and, uh, I mean, come on now. They they need to put the Oscars out of its misery, do they not? There have been – I mean, the TV ratings have been declining for the last couple of years. Not and anymore. For, and for good reason. Yeah, they'll be spiking next year. Only reason I knew what happened was because I saw it on Twitter, and then I had to double thank, back. Thank, and, I think thank that's, goodness yeah. for Twitter. By the way, the Cardinals should send – Chris Rock. This is a marketing opportunity. They should send him an, an official team helmet with the suggestion <laughs> that you need to wear this next time you host the Oscars. I They might get a lot of run on that on social media. Some, I would, something tells me that Chris Rock wants to never talk about this ever again. <laughs> And it's a good thing Chris Rock didn't insult The Rock or else he would have been decapitated. So that was good. That didn't happen up there either. So, all right, there we go. There's a couple of quick thoughts right off the top. Now, speaking of physicality, uh, we do have a, a headline here early in the week, Cardinals Underground. And I think all of us had the pleasure of communicating and connecting one-on-one with Will Hernandez. Right, Danny? Absolutely. The Cardinals' new guard. They signed him to a one-year deal, free agent. Will Hernandez is entering his fifth year in the league. He spent the last four with the New York Giants. So they got a versatile offensive lineman who's got experience both guard positions. He's reunited with Sean Kugler, the Cardinals offensive line coach, who was Hernandez's head coach at UTEP, where he played pretty well. So nice little reunion there. And I, and I, would, I would expect him to be the guy that slides in at right guard. They, they don't have one right now. I think Josh Jones is a right tackle to them. Um, I'm not sure uh, where Justin Murray stands in terms of his health. Uh, And so they needed a right guard. So this makes a lot of sense. And I would think at this point you have a pretty good idea what your offensive line is going to look like going into the season. All right, let it rip. Left to right, what do we got? DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, Rodney Hudson, Will Hernandez, Kelvin Beecham, or is there a position battle there with Josh Jones? Yes to both. I would say, yes, there is a position battle. I mean, Josh Jones is their draft pick. I think yeah. that's clear they want him to be the future. Now, is he ready for that starting right tackle spot over Kelvin Beecham? I don't know the answer to that right now. So I would say yes to both of your questions. 
Calvin Beecham starting right tackle in this moment, but I do expect a little competition there throughout the offseason and training camp. I'm sure the coaching staff wants to see what do they have in Josh Jones. Maybe there's not so much of a rush because you have Calvin Beecham and they were moving around Josh Jones last year trying to figure out where to put him. So I would say Kelvin Beecham is your starting right tackle. Well, and I, and I would almost argue, I don't know if it was so much they weren't sure where to put him. It was Kelvin Beecham just was playing well enough that they weren't going to move him off right tackle. So you wouldn't didn't mind having one of your draft picks get into the lineup. But again, I, I think at this point they feel very strongly that Josh Jones makes more, much more sense as a tackle. So yeah, I think he's going to get a chance to to battle for that spot. Now whether he can beat out Kelvin Beach, and we'll see. And we should say, I guess too, it was almost like a fair swap. Max Garcia, the right guard from that's last true. year, was a free agent signed with the New York Giants. Yeah. So that's why Will Hernandez is starting right guard right now. And by the way, Will Hernandez and Justin Pugh did not cross paths in no. New York. They were, in fact, it was Will Hernandez who replaced Justin Pugh. I was going to say Pugh. basically they drafted Will Hernandez because yeah. Justin Pugh left. It so. was a 2018 draft, and Will Hernandez was the second guard taken. Behind Quentin Nelson, who I think went sixth overall. Will Hernandez went 34th, right atop of round two. But it really wasn't the four years of the Giants. It was the four years before that, as you guys mentioned, at UTEP, because that's the connection to Sean Kugler. And it was interesting because I was trying to think of a way to ask Will Hernandez the question about his declining pro football focus grades. Okay, now first, we got a little bit of a reaction like a Justin Pugh speaking of to pro football focus and how the analytics can really assess offensive linemen and there's a lot of skepticism in the O-line room basically on how accurate those analytics are. We get it. But he did, he did agree with the fact that his best grade was his rookie year and that there was a correlation coming off the fact he had just spent four years with Sean Kugler. And he said his technique – his mindset, his attitude, his aggressiveness, these were all things he attributed to Sean Kugler coming out of college that he said, yeah, he's a, I could see where my best grade was my rookie year. I, I might have been playing my best ball at that time. So if you want to buy low and, and sell high or re-sign high, ideally, he's, he got a one-year deal, right? And he even told the media in the press conference, he said, you know what, I, I got what I could, and I'm here to prove myself. And he's got a one-year prove-it deal. And we'll see how that works out. And and Ron Wolfley would like this because if it's a tell in any way, he is known as a mauler and a brawler at the point of attack, as Darren grimaces right now. Ron Wolfley, love him to death. I swear to God, it could be anything. Hey, the sun came out today. That's a sign that the Cardinals are going to go more to a physical run game. So, but that is his game, Will Hernandez, you know, for, for, for better or worse. But – Honestly, as an interior offensive lineman, you better have some nasty to you in the NFL, especially if you're going to be going against the Rams twice a year and number 99. That was one of the two words that stood out to me when I got a chance to talk with Will Hernandez was nastiness and grit, how he used to describe his game and had really high praises for Sean Kugler, really excited to be reunited with him and how he brought out his best play. So he was excited to be playing for him again. And I believe it was your article, Darren, or online from the presser. It's not just Justin Pugh. There was some small connection. Doesn't Will Hernandez have – or he's yeah, met so, like, for most so, of the offensive line at some point. Yeah, he um, he he got a chance. Uh, Nate Solder, the, the offensive tackle for the Giants, has had – it sounds like a kid's camp or a, a youth camp of some sort. And he had uh, Beecham and Will Hernandez out to both work that camp. So he knows Kelvin Beecham from that. 
Uh, he shares an agent with or an agency with Rodney Hudson. So he's mm. met Rodney Hudson before. Got it. Uh, you know, so he admitted he doesn't know DJ Humphreys, but I mean, I think that's a pretty good start in terms of, you know, having some familiarity in terms of not only the coach, uh, but also many of the guys he would be starting with. So that's, I think that's a, that's a plus. And obviously. if you're a right guard and you want to start on that chemistry and familiarity, I would prefer that be with the center and the right tackle. So we're off to yeah, a great yeah. start. Good point. And he knows Rolando Cantu, former Cardinals. Who doesn't know line. Rolando Cantu? <laughs> these, I didn't realize all these guys go back to when Will Hernandez was in the draft and they had a lot of conversations coming into the NFL. Will Hernandez, who's, Parents and grandparents are both from Mexico City. He is fluent in Spanish. So, you know, as we joked, hey, if the Cardinals need a tour guide going to Mexico City because they have a game there this year, Will Hernandez is your guy. And he said, oh, yeah, he's all he's all step right up in that capacity. And look, if you're going to assess and you're going to be honest about the Arizona Cardinals in 2021, and Paulie Pencilneck has never played offensive line, believe it or not, right guard was a liability quite often. Right guard was a liability, and this is my own assessment just from being down on the sideline. I'm not sure the quarterback had complete confidence in the right guard position in 2021. So uh, best-case scenario, Will Hernandez nails that down, restores some confidence in the quarterback, and, and you know what? You do see an improved level of play. Because the other thing at work here, not only does he get his own offensive old offensive line coach back in Sean Kugler, but – Guess how many different offensive line coaches he had in four years with the Giants? Well, I know there was at least two because when I was with the Cowboys and Jason Garrett and Mark Colombo went together. Ooh. So it's at least two. That didn't I'm, end well. No. You might want to double that. No, no, I was just going to say, I was almost going to go to five. Go crazy. I'm going to say five. No, four? he had four. It was four, he exactly. Had four in four years. I brought up Blaine Gabbert. Remember Blaine Gabbert showed up to the Cardinals and he had had seven offensive coordinators in seven years in his time in the NFL. And he didn't really answer the question to his credit, but I said, that's got to be a real challenge. Four offensive line coaches in four years when you're a young guy coming into the league. So... All that being the case, uh, you know, you hope. And is he, he's a Vegas native. He spent a Will lot Hernandez, of time. Will Hernandez, not Blaine Will, Gabbert. I'm sorry. Will Hernandez, <laughs> Vegas native, as I've moved in my mind, but I didn't uh, convey it just, uh, via my just feet. Just making sure. And then, and then there's also, and this was interesting. I don't, I don't once again, uh, hello, I've never played offensive line, but Will Hernandez answered about, you know, blocking for a Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones versus a Kyla Murray. And his answer was, I'm looking at the quote right now, I know I'm going to have to move my feet and move my feet longer. So he's going to train accordingly. Now he's played at like 332. He's also played in the 320s. I I wouldn't be surprised if he checks in closer to 320. Maybe he feels like he has to be a little more nimble. Still a large man. He's definitely a large man. Yes, he is. uh, Was shaking his hand. I mean, he's a guy that, again, you mentioned he was a Vegas native. Uh, He used to have family in the Valley. So he's been to Arizona many, many times growing up. So he's got a comfort level there. And, and again, I'm not a big – I mean, some guy who never played here before could come in here and do just fine. Sure. But, uh, you know, having the comfort level there, like we talked about earlier, about some of his teammates and with the area, uh, and especially with Sean Coogler, uh, I mean, this this makes so much sense right now. Um, I, you know, I, I hope it pays off. And he, and he seems like a very good dude, um, and, and that – can only help in the locker room certainly can help with us uh, in the media so um looking forward to working with them 
That's true. He did check one box. You know, we were griping and grousing, whining, if you will, a couple of weeks ago here on Cardinals Underground. They need to sign some players, but they need to sign some media interviews as well because you lost Chase Edmonds and Christian Kirk. You you lost some top percentile media guys, right? So it's never bad to to sign someone who's good in front of the microphone, as Will Hernandez proved. By the way, uh, the way-too-early power rankings, in case you're wondering – I think it's ESPN put out their power rankings. Here you are in uh, in, in late March, and the Cardinals are number 18 in the NFL. Yeah, Re- but what were reaction. They, what were they last year going into the season? Into the season? Right. Great question. They were ranked, r- ranked pretty, what, low or middle of the pack, right? And look how that started. Probably you're, similar. You're looking at somebody who never looks at power rankings, so That's I'm fair. probably a bad person to ask. Me, Darren. The only thing worse for Darren than power rankings are power rankings in March. So I, that's why I thought I'd throw that out Way there. Way too soon so. for that stuff. <laughs> you know. They're power rankings. I mean, it's they don't mean anything. <laughs> you think the Cardinals, by the way, before we get done with offensive line, yes. do you think the Cardinals go offensive line still in one of the first three rounds of the draft? I'm not rooting, ruling it out. Considering Will Hernandez, one-year deal. Justin Pugh, final year of his deal. Calvin Beecham, final year of his deal. Rodney Hudson, veteran. Year two of a three-year deal. DJ, DJ Humphrey's the last year of his deal. There you go. So, no, no I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm set on what – would that be a, a left tackle or a left guard? I, I don't know, but I would agree. I would think one of those picks would likely be an offensive lineman. Well, I mean, again, it's going to depend on who all's there, and it's going to depend on, um, you know, what might happen between now and then in terms of uh, – you know, who else they might sign, because I do think they're going to sign some other guys. But um, I, I don't know if I see a tackle. I think I think they would want to extend DJ Humphreys, and you just drafted Josh Jones. So, and at, especially at 23, I don't an- anticipate anybody. Um, but we'll see what happens. And this is one of those ones where, okay, I think it paid off for them to make the trades that they did. But again, of all their picks, they have those first three rounds, and then they have nothing in the fourth and the fifth round. So you've got a big gap between those top three choices and the rest of your, what, what I think it's five other picks, two in the sixth yes. and three in the seventh. Yeah. See, there's a difference between me and Darren. I'm looking at it right now. Darren just rattled that off the top of his head. Round one, round two, and round three, you own picks. Round four, you traded away for Marco Wilson. Round five, you traded away for Zach Ertz. Then you have two in round six, three in round seven. So there you go. That's the entirety. Where do you got that list? Is that the official NFL list? Uh, I just cut and pasted the Cardinals draft picks right there. Nice. Had it okay. at my disposal here. I got idiot proof this for you know. I get Pauly it. podcast. I was over hoping here. you'd now. have my article up from when I posted it, but I, you know. I see. No, I no I, such I, luck I, for I me. Uh, by the way, I will throw out some names a little bit later here in Cardinals Underground when it comes to free agency because there are some big names that are still available. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, thank you for bringing that up, Darren, I, I'm because here I was you, bringing it Danny. up before the podcast started, and Darren was like, save this. So I've been saving it for Paul. Before you came in, we have the TV on in the studio, NFL Network, okay. and they're talking about some things that have, you know, talks that have started happening now of, well, hold on a second. What are the chances that Jimmy G is still on the 49ers roster and doesn't get traded away? Maybe that's because with the surgery or they waited too long and the quarterback carousel came and went very quickly. But I looked at Darren. I said, was it last week or was it the week before on the podcast? When I looked at the two of you and I said, 
are we sure Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be a 49er? And you guys both scoffed at me as if that was the most, ri- as if that were more ridiculous than Tom Brady playing for the 49ers. No, I, I definitely didn't think it was more ridiculous than that. But wow, I, I'm, I'm just still, saying uh, okay. I, I might have been on to something. I'm still scoffing. Darren just going scorched earth here. Just enemies on both sides of this <laughs> podcast. I, I get it. Okay, that's a double shot, double-barreled shot at both of us. Okay. Uh, the Niners, at this point, may not have any choice. And so I don't know if you were ahead of the curve and that was your take a couple of weeks ago, Danny. Yes, if she smiles and nods, okay. But there's certainly not going to be She's definitely those... like you, Paul. She's not going to forget something she gets right. <laughs> there's, there's certainly not going to get the two second-round picks that John Lynch – you know, threw out there that he had already been offered. That by he had by two the way, picks in hand. to be fair to John Lynch, he made very clear he never said that, and he doesn't know where that report really? came from. Okay. And, and to be fair, when that report came out, nobody quoted him. They just said he had been offered, which, again, with some of the stuff, it's like, who knows? Is everything on the Internet not true? Well, I wouldn't say everything. Here's, here's the thing, though. If you trade. J.J. Watt posted a video of Kyler in the, <laughs> yeah. in the facility. Uh, if you trade or cut Jimmy G, and we'll get to Kyler here in a minute, I mean, you're going to clear $25 million plus off your salary cap if you're the 49ers. I'm looking at this right well, here. You're, and you're clearing $25 million you got to pay him. Right, yeah. it's Which both. is way more important yes. than the cap room right, right now. Right, right. You're right. It's cap and it's cash. Yes. You're, you're absolutely – it's real money yes, that, it's that you're real absolving money. yourself of. However, at the owners' meetings, and I'm looking at this right now, owner Jed York, the CEO – said he'd be fine with keeping Garoppolo around as a backup, even at that current salary. Now I'm throwing in there, hashtag fishy, fishy. Come on now. He said, and I quote, I'm not the coach. I'm not the general manager. This is Jed York now. They have my authority to put the roster together as they see fit. If that's what it is, then as long as we're competing, we're winning football games, they have the ability to do what they think is best to help us win. So if we're going to overinvest in something, I'd rather overinvest in the quarterback position than anything else, Jed York. Okay, I don't want to go too deep into this because I don't know if anybody cares, but I would say that I agree with that thought process. Now, I don't, I don't see why you cut just to cut. You don't know what Trey Lance is going to do. Now, you can make an argument that, hey, if we keep Jimmy Garoppolo on this team and Trey Lance struggles, then we're, we're putting Trey Lance in a tough spot. You divide uh, the locker room potentially. Very possibly. When, when guys think, wait but a minute, the best player is not playing. But that is not what you were just arguing. You were just yeah. arguing the money part of it. And for me, I mean, if if you've invested, if you're the 49ers and you're investing both cash and cap of whatever it is this year, 28 to $30 million in your quarterback position, your top two quarterback positions, Okay. I mean, I don't think that that's that big of a deal. If you've if you've already adjusted the rest of your roster, I don't think that that's crazy. Now, I personally would go the other way, which is if you really think Trey Lance is your future, I don't know how you keep Jimmy Garoppolo around because I just think it's awkward as hell. Right, but what could you get for him right now? I mean, what if three weeks into the season – a team loses their quarterback. I mean, there's still some trade value to oh, hold I'm, on to I, him. I'm, I'm not saying you get rid of him. I'm saying that's that's the issue you have. I'm trying to say with Paul, yep. it's not the money that would right. concern me. It'd be the other stuff. The money wouldn't bother me. And the it's big, not my money. And the biggest problem right now is that he's Jimmy IR again because he had shoulder surgery. And so does anybody want to trade for a veteran quarterback who just coming off shoulder surgery on his throwing arm? You know, that that's beyond dicey, obviously, in a – 
and a huge risk. So you have that. Then again, you have a Niners team that's been to the NFC Championship game two of the last three years. So you could take that $25 million in cap room and try and do something about your secondary, for example, which is a negative, which, you know, is, is, is a liability. So you have that. But honestly, I think if they want to clear the way for Trey Lance, and obviously they do, they gave up three first-round picks for Trey Lance, then you can have Jimmy G on this roster and expect it to be Trey Lance's team. Not if he's going to go through some of those struggles that every young quarterback seemingly goes through. It's sort of, it's not a like to me, the Cardinals getting rid of Jordan Hicks. They really had no choice because of, to me, they bring in Jordan Hicks again in 2022. Guess what? He beats out Zayvon Collins again. You had no choice. You had to part ways with him. It just, the football IQ was such and the respect was such in that locker room that he just, it wasn't viable that Zayvon Collins was going to beat him out in training camp 2022. So, um, it's a fair point. And, and to me, that, so we'll see which way they go. Uh, in terms of the Niners, but there you go. But That's, we're, we're giving Danny props. Right. Thank you. And you know, That's all I wanted. We always find time on Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation, to look over the block wall into our neighbors' backyards, right? So there you That's go. Just we, give you me know. my flowers when I deserve them. That's all I ask, guys. <laughs> it's good. And it's I'll small remind ask. you when I deserve yeah, them, I was so don't say, worry about Just that. don't do yeah. it off air. Okay. <laughs> Real quick, quick hitter. Who's in a worse position, the Browns trying to trade away or get rid of Baker Mayfield or the Niners with Jimmy G? Well, let me just tell you right now, Paul, again, the owner came out and said, we're all good with carrying Baker Mayfield's salary <laughs> into the season. Lie detector. Give me the buzzer. But see, again, they are, salary cap-wise, yeah. the Browns have ton, have do have cap room. There is not a problem there. And, oh, by the way, they have a starting quarterback who very well could be suspended for part of the season. Yep. Now, Bingo. if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm having all kinds of problems yeah. with that. I mean, you want but, awkward. You use the word awkward. Yes. Well, you think what did awkward. he do? He was the one who originally asked for a trade, and they denied it right before they got Watson. If you're Baker Mayfield, what are your options? Oh, you don't have any options. None. But again, that we don't. That to me is a worse situation. This this isn't Madden. You know, everybody, not everybody. And of course, you two fine people are not everybody. But everybody, like, it's so easy to fall back and say, well, you know. If they fit it under the cap, it's all good. The, we're talking about human beings that are doing all this stuff. And whether it's Trey Lance, who might have had the greatest relationship with Jimmy Garoppolo of all time, Trey Lance might not have a problem. But if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't want to be a bench warmer when I might be able to play somewhere else, which he may or may not do. If I'm Baker Mayfield I and I'm going to the last year of my contract, which I guess Jimmy G is too, I don't want to be a backup. I'm, I'm trying to avoid that at all I mean, costs. If, if I'm Baker, I'm telling my agent, uh, get me to Seattle, get me to Carolina. Yeah, but what's his agent going to do? Get me to Pittsburgh. I'm to try and broker something, you know, try and find a trade that's feasible. I mean, look, at this point, Cleveland might obviously have to eat some of his $19 million salary. They might have to even throw in a draft pick for somebody to take Baker Mayfield in the entire See, salary. See, I disagree with that. So why – to get someone to take the contract and the $19 million. Otherwise, they're probably, they they might be reduced to having to cut him. Okay, okay, but there's my point. Why, if you're going to, if your choice is, now, if you're paying some money to get a draft pick, that's one thing. Right. But what would be the point of including a draft pick to make somebody take the contract when if you cut them, you owe nothing? Because you don't know if they're going to cut them, I guess, is the thing. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the team trading for him. He was saying the Browns might have to give a draft pick to somebody else to take the contract. I'm like, no, because all you got to do is cut them. Just cut them. 
There's no reason for you to give up draft capital. Right. Now, if you're trying to get a pick and a team says, I'll give you a fifth-round pick if you pick up half his salary, maybe that's worth it to the Browns. I don't know. Um, but if, if it would take – if somebody says, no, no, you have to give me a pick to take this salary, well, I'll be like, well, no, you know, I'll just cut him. That, to me, is a worse situation. But if I'm Trey Lance, I'm thinking the 49ers are waiting for the other foot to dro- other shoe to drop, right, by keeping um, Jimmy G. Uh, Shoot a drop on me sucking? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I would feel. Look, I'll just go back and then we'll move on off this. I I just – I would take a chance on Baker Mayfield on a one-year prove-it deal if I'm Seattle, Carolina, or Pittsburgh. I honestly would because he's already proven. He's at his best when he's doubted. Okay. And so I I would be curious to see what a healthy Baker Mayfield does this year for one of those three teams I just listed, especially the Steelers in that same division with a viable defense. I'd be curious what Baker Mayfield could do and a running game in Najee Harris. Now their offensive line is is a total mess in Pittsburgh. For $18 million, though? Depends what your cap room is. I mean, if if the Steelers think that they're a quarterback away from being a playoff team, maybe, maybe. Yeah, but I don't. I, the Browns aren't trading the Baker Mayfield to the to the Steelers. I'm just I'm just saying he's a two time walk on yeah. who who motivated himself to win a Heisman and become the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, and so you're right. He, he's back where he's been a couple of times in his career. I'm curious how he's going to come out swinging. I guess maybe, but he's got to end up on a team. And yeah. my yeah. point is, is he does not have control over where that no, is. No, absolutely not. I, I'm just saying, if you can try and direct the process, get your people to work with the Browns front office and other teams and broker a trade, you know, agents a lot of times are at the forefront oh, of some I, of I those. I get it. I mean, I don't even know if anyone's been in this situation to do this, so correct me if I'm wrong. If, you know, if players not going to get a contract extension, we hear, you know, they're going to hold out. They're not going to play. Could the, his only leverage be if Deshaun Watson gets suspended, I'm not going to play? What could he pull that? Baker is like, you got to trade me. Like, if you're going to keep me here, well, for first, what you're th- first of all, the Browns already have Jacoby Brissett. So, if Baker Mayfield says no, I'm not going to play, they're going to be like, okay, then we don't even have to pay you. Uh, that he's got no leverage. Okay. I mean, he, I'm just he, trying to help him out. I understand. I just, I, I think, I know it's come up because I know people bring up Kyler Murray and like him sitting out significant things and i'm like he's not gonna do that he's not gonna do that he might not show up to some practices here and there and i'm not saying he will or won't i don't know but he's not kyler murray wouldn't go and say oh i'm sitting out the season i mean that's just not gonna happen by the way, we did have a Kyler sighting, and we'll get to uh, Darren and his personal sighting of Kyler in a minute. But as of the recording here at Cardinals Underground on the same day, J.J. Watt threw out a three-second video with Kyler in the background. And uh, what, what was J.J. Watt's quote? It was – He was just going like, wait, 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 like when Kyler in the background, which I thought was funny. To me, I took that as like, oh, but wait a second. I thought you guys on social media thought Kyler Murray wasn't going to be here no, didn't want to be here. And That's gotta, not how you took it. That's exactly what I it gotta was. I got to say, yeah. JJ is pretty great on social media. Yeah, he is. And you know what? He's good at reading the room. I had people from the Cardinals flagship radio station text me immediately, Kyler's at the facility. Kyler's at the facility. I'm like, I don't think that's a thing. I'll be honest with you. I mean, he's been working out, uh, you know, between if he's in Texas, he's in Texas. But if he's in Arizona, I mean, you know, I don't know. People think like there's zero relationship or he's, you know, conducting some sort of holdout in a way. No. Friday morning, I came in here um, and Thursday he did all the community stuff. 
Um, and and that this is kind of what you were referring to, Paul. Uh, Thursday, I'd done the community stuff. At the end of the day, uh, shout out to Craig Fooey. That happened to be the anniversary of Randy Johnson killing the bird with his pitch. Oh. And I don't Talk know about if, a beanball. And I don't I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, Calvin Murray was the batter for the Giants, I believe, when that pitch happened. And Calvin Murray That's right. is yep. Kyler's uncle. Yep. So at the end of this community day, Craig got Kyler to come over and look at the video of Randy hitting the bird and got him on camera kind of talking about it for like 90 seconds. Apparently, Kyler has never seen that video. Really? Which I thought was weird. Wow, especially being a baseball guy. So he's looking at the video and he's talking about it. And at the end of the little conversation, Kyler says, did he get a knock? Meaning his uncle. And Craig said, no, I think he struck out. Randy had the eight strikeouts that day. Whatever. I don't know. So I went home and wrote a blog post about it that night. And I, I looked for like 20 to 30 minutes what happened to that bat after the bird, but it does not exist. Like, I don't know where to get a play-by-play of a spring training game. I don't know if it exists, but every single story stops as soon as the bird's dead. So I have no idea what happened in the at-bat. So I put in there that Kyler was told his uncle struck out, and um, and then Kyler had a quote about, well, I, probably, I would probably strike out too if I just saw a bird get killed in front of me or something like that. It's good. So the next morning, our erstwhile producer here, Jim Omohundro, texted me and he said, hey, Kyler just called you out on Twitter. And I'm like, scared the crap out of me because I'm like, what does that mean? What did I say? This could not be good. But it had to do with my line. And he said, Darren, uh, uh, he, hit a, he had a double off the wall or something <laughs> like that. That's right. I saw that. And I he, did quote see that. Tweeted, yeah. he quote tweeted my tweet about the story which right. props to kyler he got me more clicks so i responded say hey, sorry bad info whatever and the reason i'm bringing this up is that was a, i was at home this was in the morning i get to the facility and i come in and usually i walk in and i come in through the locker room so i kind of check out see what players are there and i see kyler in the training room and he's on there and he's getting some kind of work done and he sees me and we kind of smile at each other. And I'm like, okay, he's smiling at me. So I duck in. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. And he goes, no, no. He goes, I just I had to correct it. I talked to him last night. He told me he had a double. I, I had to put it out there for the world to let everybody know he got a double. And I'm like, I'll yep. fix it. No problem. Yep. The point being, he was at the facility. He was in a good mood. He was talking with a couple of teammates who were in the training room and with some of the trainers. And it wasn't just jj day today that he's been here now he's here for a few days i think he had those personal appearances last week and i think he's got something else going on early this week uh that he's going to appear at i'm not 100 percent sure on that but and last week at those events media that was out there asked him about the social media scrubbing right and then he put right. the post back on instagram and he said kind of what the three of us had said at the time of at the end of the day he's still what 24 years old like it, he, he said, like, that's a normal thing. Now, is he a normal 24-year-old? Probably not. Of just saying it didn't mean anything. That's, that was just him doing something that, in his eyes, is normal every once in a while to just kind of take a break or scrub things in social media. And he reiterated he has a good relationship with this front office, with Cliff Kingsbury, and he wants to be a Cardinal. And just kind of reiterated those things that Look, had him trending for a month and a half. I, I'm, I'm going to say this. You know, I don't. I don't know exactly what's going on with the contract. I don't know if anything has changed since all of this stuff first hit the fan 
or whether it's different or whether he's just taking a different tact. I don't know. Um, all I know is what's in front of me, which is I've now interacted with him twice in the past few days, the past week or so. Um, he was smiling in a good frame of mind Thursday when I shook his hand. Obviously, we had our little interaction on Friday. Um, he's here working out as J.J. Shaw. I mean, I can only go by that. You know, whether he still is hoping for a contract, whether he has any issues, I'm not going to say one way or the other because I can only go by what he's saying and how I'm seeing him. And right now, it seems okay to me. Well, look, he could have done – He yes, he said he was trending. He said he would look down at his phone and he was trending for a good five weeks. Well, he could have put an end to that. He didn't. Sure he could. So – you know, there's the whole good cop, bad cop thing. You let your agent be the bad cop. Let him handle the business side. You make sure you're checking all the boxes, you know, making sure that the team and the decision makers know that you're worthy of a record contract, which is going to be a record contract in Arizona Cardinals history, no matter how, you know, in what form it takes. Now, could things have improved since January? Perhaps. Maybe at the start of the offseason, the response was, you know what? We don't really see that happening here this offseason. Now, maybe instead, you know, they've made progress and perhaps there is a deal coming at some point. He's been told to be patient. The agent continues to push the meter a little bit. Last week, we brought up Albert Breer in the Monday afternoon quarterback column on SI.com and how the agent supposedly said, we would like a new deal by the draft. Okay, uh, then what if you don't get it? You know, so that that's still looming out there. What if? So we don't know. We have no idea where exactly things might stand. And and I the the we don't know is I think a big part of it. I was I brought up in the mailbag today. Some person said, "Well, why can't we talk about Kyler being traded if he's going to talk about uh, sitting out and all and demanding to be traded?" And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, where where did that happen?" He they absolutely came out and said they want a new contract. But anybody saying he's going to mispractice or skip games or skip training camp or demand a trade none of that has come from kyler's camp none of it that's all pure speculation over people saying well because they want this contract if it doesn't happen then this is gonna they never said that now i'm not saying it can't happen but that has not been said so to to make that jump i just i think that's wrong too i mean you know i could i think this could have been handled a little bit better on the Kyler side, probably, but I, I, I don't, uh, you know. And by the way, since we last recorded Cardinals Underground, when he did that media session at the charitable events with the Boys and Girls Clubs and then the educational yes. initiative with Albertson Safeway. He and- did uh, he with Karshmar Deli, I believe it's, uh, which, one, which he's one of his sponsors or he endorses them. And then with Albertson Safeway, he gave ten grand to the Arizona Educational Foundation and ten grand to the Valley Boys and Girls Clubs. And his quote to you and the other assembled media members was, and I quote, I'm an Arizona Cardinal. I've done nothing but give my all to the Cardinals. We'll continue to do that. I'm not really too worried about my future as a Cardinal. Now, that was last Thursday. As of today at the owners' meetings, 
which I'm actually surprised you guys are here right now. You guys didn't find a way to, you know, uh, go ahead and, and parlay. I, I, I may have asked. I may have been turned down. Oh. You were just in Florida, Darren. I know, Is I Florida should, really a place you want to be I twice probably, in the you same know what? Probably should have just week? stuck around. It's huh? good. A little humble pie for Darren in the offseason. Keep some grinding. Keep some working. That's good. Uh, Cliff telling the media uh, when asked about quarterback Kyla Murray and the team, and then I'm quoting Cliff now, we're in a good place. That's the business side of it. I stay out of his things for the most part, but as far as our relationship, it's always been great, and we see him as a long-term future, and I know he feels the same way. So there you go. At least no scorched earth, okay, unlike what Darren did to Paul and Danny earlier in this uh, edition of Cardinals Every Underground. Week, Paul. Okay, so, you know, at least, at least there's been <laughs> positive vibes in the event that there might be something done. Now the question, once again, is not if, I think it's when. Will it be before the draft? Mm, I'd be real surprised if that happened. I think more likely it's going to be this summer, and it's going to be akin to what's happened in these six other rookie Mondo contracts that have been handed out after year three. They've all happened in June, July, August, or September, as we said repeatedly. We've so. got less than a month till the draft. Yes. Pretty crazy. Yeah. So before we get to some of the draft talk, uh, speaking of free agency, Okay, there are some big names that are still hanging out there. So I'm just going to throw out a few of these names, and, and basically I'm going to pose the question, uh, what if I said that the Arizona Cardinals tomorrow just signed Jadavian Clowney? They need an edge rusher. He's is, out there. Is he an edge rusher? He's. Is he a 3-4 outside rusher? Yeah, he, with the Texans he was, right? They ran that, that scheme, and I – I'm not sure Vance, I don't think, was there when, when Jadavian Clowney was there. He is 29. Uh, he had nine sacks last year, although if you read through a lot of the scouting reports, Jadavian Clowney really was up and down. He was inconsistent for the Browns, and that's sort of been the knock on him. But but you do give the Cardinals a proven big-name pass rusher that the opponent will have to account for and the opposing OC will have to game plan for. You know, that's that's one. Uh, the other edge rusher that's out there, what if I said Melvin Ingram? And if you look at his season now, he's 33 years of age. Okay, that gives you pause right there. I'm talking about one-year prove-it deals here, not unlike what the Cardinals gave a John Abraham back that's, in the day. That's or all Dwight Freeney, plays right? for anymore is one-year deals. <laughs> but. Yeah, but Melvin Ingram, he added the first half of his season was with the Steelers, and then he got traded basically just you know for nothing to his addition by subtraction. For whatever reason, did not work with the Steelers. He came on board with the Chiefs, and if you read through a lot of their media over the last two months of the year, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes raved about Melvin Ingram and what an energy guy he was, sort of like a, a, a um, Marcus Golden was to the Cardinals, just sort of an energy guy, always brought it. Uh, he was stout against the run. He led him in QB pressures from the moment he arrived, so he's an every-down player. You know, I, I just think you got to get an edge rusher at this point, someone, so that when you go into the draft, Danny, in late April, it isn't such a dire, glaring need. My question when you said what would you say if that's who they signed? That's is, the question. Is, is it realistic to get these guys on a one-year deal? Or, like, are you having to give something else? I think it's realistic to get both of them on a one-year deal. I think at this point they're going to want one-year deals. The question is, is how much you're going to have to pay them on a one-year deal. I mean, that's if you're talking about having to come up with fifteen million dollars for Davy and Clowney for one year, that's you don't get to spread. I guess you could. You can void the hell out of that contract and spread it out, and I, I that's always doable. Um, 
you know, do you want to do that? I mean, that's that's what it is. I mean, these guys are going to be one-year deals. I can almost promise you, no matter where they sign, it'll be one year. Now, the question is, is how much they get, who they go to. I mean, I would think that if you are one of those guys, you'd have to be interested in looking at the Cardinals because they have such an incredible opportunity for somebody like that to step in and put up some numbers because there's such a need here. Yeah. Guess what? You're going to start 17 games. If you're healthy. You're going to get every single opportunity to put up big numbers. Especially when you've got J.J. Watt in front of you. That's a player oh. who's obviously going to garner some attention, so maybe a little. And J.J. Watt has played with Jadavi and Clowney, so yep. there's some knowledge there. Yep. So I, I throw those out there. I'm not opposed to that. I mean, that that's like many positions. That's a position where even if they – first round they use that pick on an edge rusher i mean what, what are the chances they can come in and make a, a big difference well let's on? let's make this very clear uh, even if they sign one of those guys i think drafting a edge rusher in the first couple rounds is almost mandatory at this yes point. i'm just saying i i get th- what that, you're that saying to me that that or wide receiver i still think edge rusher still makes the most sense to try and make the biggest push in free agency uh, speaking of wide receiver, Danny Sarek. How about that, Paul? Jarvis the queen of the segways. Landry is still out there. Only you know he only missed one game in seven seasons until last year. Then he had an injury mark, 2021, for the Browns. He's 29 years of age. He is out there. He wants uh, 20 million dollars a year. Yeah, he's. You know, no wonder he's in the second wave of free agency. If he wants $20 million, he's going to last until the third wave of free agency. So maybe when the reality check hits Jarvis Landry, maybe he might be a possibility. Will Fuller, my guy, is still out there at 28 years of age. Darren's still shaking his head every time I mention the name Will Fuller. I mean, okay, um, he missed time last year due to that <clears throat> PED suspension, and he also missed time because of a personal issue, and he also – had a broken finger, but you know, hashtag take the top off. So uh, Will Fuller, uh, Julio Jones. Now look, he's not wide receiver one. We know that. Could he be wide receiver two? I mean, now, truth be told, I was the guy after week one who was making the jokes after he had three catches for 29 yards and six targets against the Cardinals and they jack stomped the Titans. And Danny, um, I was making jokes uh, that whole next week about Julio Jones putting the who into Julio because he did absolutely nothing. And uh, now uh, now I'm advocating signing him. So nobody mentioned that to him. If he you, actually comes on board with the Arizona Cardinals. Would you Cardinals. rather have Julio Jones or A.J. Green? That's a great question. Now, was Julio Jones totally healthy last year at all times? Not necessarily. Um, that's a great question. I, I will say this. I think A.J. Green is a much more likely candidate to come in here. You're probably right. However, let me let me just counter with this. Could just the name itself, Julio Jones, opposite of DeAndre Hopkins, command attention that A.J. Green, after last season, will not get this season? But for how many weeks? I mean, sure, what, you want to say the name Julio Jones itself? Okay, what, three, four weeks? And then when you have enough tape, if, if you don't feel like he's as much of a threat as he once was, then then what? Okay, sure. We I can double-team D-Hop. Yeah, Great. It's... Then the name itself, I get it, but – but to what extent? I, I think I think when you talk about names, I think the you've name, got your name. The, the name thing, the name thing perks up fan bases. It perks up opposing fans. Maybe I don't I don't see any defensive coordinators sitting back on. Oh, well, we're gonna have to make sure Julio. And not Jones only that, but us. but what wide receiver? Even if it is a name like Jarvis Landry or Julio Jones, what what wide receiver name would make you say, "Ooh, 
Do we need to give them as much or maybe a little more attention than DeAndre Hopkins? Nobody. Yep. So. Okay. All right. More names. Uh, let's talk cornerback, the other uh, area of need, uh, although not as much. Although we disagree on this with the Jeff Gladney. I think he's going to be an impact player, and he's automatically a top three corner. Darren, not so much, not willing to go there. So if you are of that mindset, what about a Stephon Gilmore who's still out there at 31 years of age? He only played those eight games for Carolina. Um, and Would it, you rather have Stephon Gilmore or Patrick Peterson? <laughs> That's 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 a good question. This is a fun no, game yeah. you guys it's, have got going on not, right now. So you know what? Pat P reminds me of Julio Jones in a way. First off, they were both in the same class. They both squared off against each other all those years in the SEC. Yeah, that's true. And they both had a recent fall off, almost off a cliff of their physical skills. So that kind of reminds me of that. Um Gotcha. Okay. So we're finding out that locker rooms are going to be open this year. And so uh, the media will be able to interact with players actually at their lockers in person. Interesting. I've never been in the locker room here because I started this past season. That's a, wow. That's that. See, now that hits home, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it really does. I mean, it just it illustrates what COVID has done to to all of us in different ways. I mean, you know, so, uh, yeah, that's 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 interesting. So, Stefan, what about a Joe Hayden? Ooh supposedly played some quality corner for that Steelers defense, but he's 33 years of age. You know, he's a, he's a guy, he's at least a guy who's proven you can count on him. I don't know if they go that route. I'm just saying there are some big names that are still out there. But again, why are they out there? For the most part, they're out there because they all think that they're worth a lot more than people are sure. willing to pay them. Yeah. I, I have no doubt that every person that you've mentioned has had some kind of interest already until they go back <laughs> to the team and say, oh, we, we wouldn't mind paying for you. This is what we're looking for. And everybody's like, yeah, no, I don't think so. So a lot of these might be, you know, in May, you know, or they might even be time time signs when you get near training camp for all we know. The other guy I'll throw out there who would fill a need for the Arizona Cardinals, Dominican Sue. Do the Cardinals need a defensive tackle? Yes, they do. Were they severely burned on Jordan Phillips? Yes, they were. $18.5 million guaranteed for 17 starts over two years by Jordan Phillips. In fact, if anyone's wondering if why maybe, you know, the Cardinals aren't as quick to touch that hot stove like they were two years ago, Jordan Phillips was that guy. You weren't wearing the oven mitt when you went and grabbed Jordan Phillips, and you got burned, okay? That, that's just the way that works. And Dominican Sue, if you throw on the film from the playoff loss to the Rams, he was the best player on Tampa's defense. I mean, he was a wrecking ball. Now, how much of that intensity and energy and resolve are you going to get out of 35-year-old Dominican Sue snap to snap? I think that's fair to wonder. But you can't tell me if Corey Peters is not back on this team, for example, and nobody expects him to be, and what a great career by Corey Peters and what a locker room leader. Uh, Dominican Sue, I mean, that, that, you talk about a dude who will walk in and command respect right away. Uh, it's a fascinating concept. Again, mm -hmm. what kind of money does he want? Right. And, and, again, I'm just trying, you know, it's back to the whole – Everyone expected Steve Kime to pull the Ron Burgundy right in the Anchorman movie and scream cannonball off the high dive. Well, that's not happening in this offseason. This isn't D-Hop. This isn't J.J. Watt. It's not happening. So what you realize is I think he's playing the waiting game. Oh, I agree with you. So could I think we pretty much knew right. that right away, right? But I guess my, my, my follow-up question at this point is, are some of these big names still on the radar 
just at a much later date. Well, I, I mean, for me, again, it, it comes down to, I mean, one of the reasons John Abraham, and back in the day, John Abraham and Eric Winston signed on the first day of training camp in 2013, Steve Kimes' first year as GM, is because they were super hoping that there'd be a better offer somewhere along the way. And it never quite came. And if you're not going to get paid a whole lot, you might as well wait to sign until the last possible moment. Could I see some of these guys? I mean, we didn't bring him up because he's not, he's not going to come here. Uh, But Tyron Matthews, another guy who I don't know if he's going to sign for a long time. We haven't seen Calais Campbell sign yet. Um, You know, if you're, and this is going to be fascinating going into this off season. Because if you know you're not going to be playing for a lot, maybe you do wait. Maybe you do wait off the draft. There's already, you know, people want to put it on COVID. And I know Cliff Kingsbury has brought it up a few times about missing off seasons. And this will be an off season back. But J.C. Treader, the the uh, the former center for the Browns, who's the the player president of the NFLPA made it pretty clear last offseason that although COVID was an issue in terms of last offseason and guys showing up to offseason stuff, they also made it very clear that there's a lot of veterans who basically don't want to go to the voluntary stuff anymore. They want to train on their own. They'll show up to the mandatory minicamp because they have to, but they're, they, players have grown tired in a lot of ways to having to show up to all this voluntary stuff. Wow, sounds like the rest of America and how many people are quitting their jobs because they have to show up back at the office. They'd rather sit at home and work remote in their pajamas. But again, the difference is is the NFL does ha- does has no right to demand that the players show up. These are voluntary workouts. All the players are saying is if it's if it's voluntary, then it should be our choice and it should not be held against us if we don't show up. This is my long way of saying, like, if you're a free agent and you don't know where you're going to sign, why go through the rigmarole of having to talk about whether I'm at voluntary stuff or whatever? I'll just wait to sign. What was that word? Rigmarole. I like that. I never heard You didn't know that rule? Rigmarole. Okay, there you go. Add that to your repertoire. Done. That that isn't in the Texas handbook? That isn't right there along with y'all? No. I'm here to mentor you, Danny. I can help you with all kinds of good (laughs) words. Are you sure you're from Texas? I haven't heard you say y'all once. That's a lie, Paul. Have you, Darren, you, have you heard her say y'all? Paul, I think I Paul, actually have. Are office. you sure? He, had to, he you, had to think about it. You tuned Real quick, though, I need, you to, I need you to turn off that. that light. You just flashed me right now. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, your no. flashlight on Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Paul, we share an office. You've heard me say y'all. You're, you're just very good at tuning me out. Well, I, I, I don't doubt that. Well, I have poor hearing, basically, from 20 sure, years of radio sure. and wearing these headsets. You know what, that's though, really, that's what my wife would tell you. Well, he didn't finish that thing. He's like, I've had poor hearing for 20 years of radio <laughs> down on the sidelines of deafening stadiums oh where I gosh. get to stand every week. Well, humble bragged it. No, no. Humble bragged is a hearing no, loss. That's it's not hard good. to do. No, as I, as I get older, it's, it's, it's an absolute job hazard. There's no doubt about it. Do you know that how many times that, for example, after a Seattle game, and you have the sideline headsets on, right? And it's so loud in that building. And then I'll go into the locker room to do that to do the interviews, and I'll just go ahead and I'll put the headsets back on. The volume at which oh, that's the good. headset was on that I realized once I'm in a locker room, I just spent three hours listening and broadcasting with the volume at 11. What am I doing? So, yeah. Well, we touched on briefly from the the NFL, the, the owners' meetings happening in Florida with – 
the announcement from locker rooms being open, there was also Yay. another big change that we learned this morning coming oh from Florida. Okay, oh, here we true. go. The overtime rules in postseason. That's right. Have changed. It was approved 29-3. to So now in the postseason, both teams will absolutely get a chance to have the ball. It's not going to change in the regular season. So can I ask this question? Because I, I made my position on this very clear when it all happened. <laughs> yes, yes, you ask have. me. I want to know what's the difference between a team not getting a chance to have the ball once and then the first time in a playoff game, one team scores a touchdown, extra point, the next team scores a touchdown, extra point, and the next team gets the ball back and then scores a touchdown or a field goal, it doesn't matter. And then everybody says, well, that team got two possessions and this team only got one possession. What's the difference? That's a good question because I don't know the answer to that. There so is I no am, answer. I am, on, I am on the same side of you of, to me, you oh, are. We got a hand up in the back. My, my, my hand's up. Can I answer that question? I won't sure, direct. and then I'll talk after you. I won't directly answer it. Okay, I'll just go like, um, you know, like one of these, you know, presidential spokespeople, right? Who just sort of, you know, kind of answer the question. You're such an NFL backer. I have a talking point here. I'm just going to throw out. Go ahead. Okay, over the past decade, teams that won the overtime coin flip in the postseason, yeah, were ten and two. Twelve whole times. That's quite the sample size, Paul. Including seven of those ten wins coming on the opening possession. That needed to be addressed when teams that won the overtime coin flip in the playoffs were 10-2. and two. I understand luck is part of the game, and you might be upset about that. To me, this minimizes the importance of defense. That That's what that tells me. See, this is, it, is why it, is it Danny is my spirit animal oh, or gosh. something like that. Oh, gosh. I don't know if I want that title. Um, I'm just saying, to me, that minimizes the importance of defense. Play defense. Absolutely. And – and wait a minute! Didn't you just say the team that won the opening coin flip it was only seven out of twelve on the on the opening possession, which means the other team did get a possession and they yeah. still didn't win. Uh, yeah. So let, let so me what just, the hell? No, so no, let no, me no, no, no. Seven of the ten wins. So the the team that won the overtime coin flip in the playoffs. Yeah. 10 and 2, including 7 of the 10 wins were on the opening possession. Right. That means 3 of the 10 wins right. weren't on the opening possession. So exactly. the coin flip really didn't right. have anything to do with it. So that's 7 right. out of 12. Right. And but, this but barely over 50%. <laughs> but both teams got a shot. It's like Matt Rule said oh after God. the owners meeting. He said, you get Come a shot. On. I get a shot. May the best team win. This, no. This, is, this is also going to completely change. So in overtime in the postseason, at least, if you win the coin toss, you are receiving, right? So now it's, okay, if you're in the postseason, I'm almost thinking maybe I don't because I yes. want to see is, 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 is my exactly. opponent going to get the touchdown and the two-point or yes. they do a field goal, so now I know. So exactly. everything's going to change. Let me just read real quick. This is from the NFL's Twitter, the new rules for anyone who might not know. Both teams will have the opportunity to possess the ball in overtime in the postseason. If the score is tied after each team has possessed the ball, the next score wins. If the team kicking off to start the overtime period scores a safety on the receiving team's initial possession, the team that kicked off is the winner. That's no different, though. Just explaining for those who might. Right. Seven out of 12, a tiny sample size, and then barely over yeah. 50%, and that's why we changed this rule. I get it. Josh Allen yeah. didn't have a chance. It was a great game. They, they, but I'm just I'm, – don't wham at me because I'm not well, saying I'm on the opposing team from you, Darren. I'm saying – Spirit animal. And, and, and also, is, is it just doing it in the postseason? Is that the happy medium? 
Well, supposedly, if you look at the data, okay, over the regular season, it's been almost the 50, bigger 50. sample size, <laughs> right. Danny. The actual yeah. statistical it, sample size. It's, it's been closer to 50-50. So it has been, you know, I mean, and, and so that has not been as big a problem, or at least the perception of a problem doesn't exist in the regular season. And I say perception because Rich McKay, the president of the Falcons, also chair of the competition committee did say yes, the outcome of the KC Buffalo game influenced opinion of course it did. in the room with the decision makers. He he admitted Whatever. that because KC won the toss, they scored the touchdown, and Buffalo never touched the football. And here would be my only response to to your to your your premise, Darren, and, and I know you're adamant about this, but if you get two teams and their two strengths are offense, offense and more offense, then one team getting a chance to flex their strength and the other team not getting a chance to go ahead and flex their strength, you know, that seems inherently yeah. unfair. If you have two teams coming in who average 50 points a game and have no defense, then all of a sudden you give one team the ball and the other team doesn't get the ball. How is that fair? Then you don't deserve to win. It's a team game. You don't just win on offense. You can't Oh, just and score. by the way. And did we not talk about that all season, Paul, how not only were the Cardinals offense scoring, but their defense was keeping the lead for them? Can I, can I just yes. say this too? I'm sorry, Paul. Normally I don't like to yell at you with Darren and a team up against you, but yeah. I just – can't help it. <laughs> She's almost across the table what, yelling at me. Uh, did I miss something? Does the overtime happen as they come out of the locker room in the morning? No, they just played 60 minutes. You just had 60 minutes. Well, okay, the, the other way to go about this, and, and I honestly would be on board with this, is it comes with your home field advantage. That part of the home field advantage is if the game goes to overtime, thou shalt receive the opening possession. In the postseason, I That's part I of your home field advantage. That. I so don't. It's I don't, as if you won the coin toss before the game ever started. I don't. I don't hate, I don't hate that. But that. what's the hell's the difference between that and a coin toss? I mean, but now, now it's been deemed something you earned, based on earning home field advantage it's versus just being luck. rewarded, yeah, by luck or chance. That that's the point. That's part of the home field advantage. Hence, I will never ever like this topic. And, and, it just and, drives me. And bonkers. honestly, I wouldn't. Uh, I would not be opposed to that because anything that gives more um, credence to the regular season, I'm on board with. And so if you know, it makes it all that much more important to earn home field advantage. Falcons great. lost the Super Bowl because of this, and nobody changed the rules. The Chiefs lost in the playoff game. Nobody changed the rules because we have a bunch of whiny Bills fans. Well, the Chiefs, or I mean, the Falcons also blew a twenty-eight to three lead. Oh, so, oh, oh! So know. now there's Wait, like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! You don't get to do that. You well, don't get to say. But, but there's the a, way you got to overtime should factor in. But hang on, there's a difference between you blowing a twenty-three lead and losing the Super Bowl, and the way Josh Allen didn't they like Why? score on seven or the okay. eight Why? possessions? Does it matter if you take right? path A or path B? Okay, you're ending up wait a minute, C? wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I'm I'm and I'm truly asking this because I don't totally remember. Right. Am I incorrect in saying that somehow the Chiefs got a field goal with sixteen seconds left on the clock that the Bills gave up to even get to overtime? Did that happen? Yeah. Is that worse than blowing a 28-3 yeah. to three lead? It might be worse than blowing up a 23-3 yeah. lead. When you're kicking off with 15 seconds left yeah. and you give up a field goal. And, so and, don't tell me they didn't have a chance to win. And you kick and you kick it out of the end zone so they come out on, you know, to the 25-yard oh. line when you could have kicked it inside the five and run time off the clock. So, I'm yes. getting riled up over yeah. a football me game too. that ended months yeah. ago. Yeah, there, there, there are plenty of uh, aspects. So there you go. Let's talk about going to Nashville, Paul. That's right.
That's right. That's the other news coming out this week. Won't be the first time, Darren, that you've gone to Nashville in the preseason 2010. Uh, and that was that was that was the week or at least the half week, whatever it was, where Matt Leinert went from future franchise quarterback to afterthought. Yes. Because and, and and that was the week yes. he was angry about it. Yes, I remember talking to him in the lobby of the hotel that we were staying at. Remember we did that, and this this is a true story, Danny. Matt Liner, this is po- this is 2010. Next time he'll tell you a false story, but this no. is a true story. No, Kurt Warner had retired, so Matt Liner ostensibly is the quarterback of the future. They had taken him number ten overall early a few years earlier. Okay, but then all of a sudden, Derek Anderson came out in the first team session of, of practice that week at um, at Vanderbilt, mm. and he was running first team. And everyone's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? What was very interesting was a uh, young reporter by the name of Rachel Nichols was there from ESPN doing a story, a sidebar, sort of you know, humanitarian story on a member of the Cardinals whose name I cannot remember now. Hamza? Was, was that Hamza, Hamza Abdul? Abdul and his going, brother? And going uh, – because they end up going to the White House, maybe? Something like that. And so she was doing a story, and the ESPN cameras were there, and she walked off after warm-ups because she had got what she needed, the interview and the B-roll and all that stuff, and she walked off. And we're like, oh, Rachel, you might want to turn around because the Cardinals are starting a brand-new quarterback, and the Matt Leinart era is over before it ever started. Well, they never got that story. And then later after practice, Matt Leinart met the media in the hotel. Sort of a rogue interview on his own which he really should not have done because you talk about scorched earth. And I remember us standing there, and it was a small group of media. Darren, you were there. I was there. There were a few other reporters there. And we were literally sort of shaking our head, Matt, don't do it. Don't say it. Sleep on the news. Please sleep on the news. Don't do it. You don't know what you're saying. He took a few shots at the head coach, Ken Wisenhunt, and it was done. Yeah, that was was quite – Memorable. I feel like I, I want to say the first practice of the week was the joint practice. I think they might have only done one joint practice, and then they had the next one at, at Vanderbilt or something like that. Um, or maybe they had two, and then the last one was at Vandy. But um, yeah, that was the beginning of the end for Matt Liner. So but that this, yeah. was say was at the meetings this week that Titans head coach Vrabel said he was the one who dropped the news yeah. that there was going to be a joint. I guess play against each other, joint practice, whatever it with might the be. Cardinals. Yeah, with the Cardinals. Yeah, we uh, kind of buried that, camp. didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Danny. Came we, back to that. Yeah, we got we, we, camp, so. we went right into our We got story. so deep, we forgot okay. about NFL insider Mike Vrabel broke the news. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah, so I guess yes. we're going to Nashville. So the, week three of the preseason, by the way, according to Vrabel, he got specific. He oh, said he did? I didn't see week that. week three of the preseason, Cardinals and Titans will play and practice either before or after said game. Because what happened the last time was, in those days, there were four preseason games. Um, the Cardinals played Tennessee, then practiced against Tennessee, and then flew to Chicago and played the Bears in a preseason game. You know, it's only the third game of the preseason. so <laughs> right. um, Who takes That wasn't against? that year, though. That yeah. was the next time. Um, and uh, and uh, so I would assume it would be some kind of uh, deal in that regard. Um, the Cardinals... Because of the 17-game season, of course, everybody only has three preseason games. Because the NFC team gets the quote-unquote extra home game this year, uh, the NFC teams are going to be having the extra, one extra uh, road preseason game out of three. So the Cardinals will have a, a road preseason game in Tennessee, it looks like. And then I don't know what's going to happen with their other two preseason games. We'll find them out in mid-May. Maybe from Vrabel. 
Paul, what's it gonna, <laughs> what's it gonna take for me to get you on stage at a country bar on Whoa. Broadway in Nashville Whoa. singing? Chris Stapleton. If Chris Stapleton is there, I'll be there. I'm a Chris Stapleton guy. If he's up there, I'll jump up there. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I'm not a big country, even coming from Texas. I've never owned Cowboy Boots, not a big country music fan. And but you what don't about say what, y'all. I do say y'all. You just tune me okay. out, Paul. Okay, I so gotcha. what about one of his songs? Will you just sing one of his songs? Oh, I sing one of his songs? Come on. Well, it depends. If Darren's buying, uh, at Darren that point, is buying. Yeah, he told I, me. It'll be a hefty bill. Uh, but if I'm singing, believe me, he'll he'll, he'll rue the day that, uh, that you guys put me on stage. Because what, believe, it'll, what I it'll take to get me on stage will be a serious expenditure. This is what. <laughs> <laughs> I was told there is a there is a restaurant on Broadway on that the main strip there that was new when we went there this past regular season that I didn't remember before and I believe that Larry Fitzgerald is a investor slash co owner. <laughs> oh hey, you guys know him. We got an easy in. <laughs> it's a restaurant though, it's not one of the bars. No, we'll no. get the good table. Well, uh, Kyle Vandenbosch will set us up, the former Tennessee Titan, member of the go. Cardinals broadcast Dave group. McGinnis. Dave McGinnis, that's oh, we right. We are set for a good yeah. time. Uh, we had McGinnis in, in the booth in week one in the pregame show. He kept calling it Love Nash Mac. Vegas. Nash yes, Vegas, boys. Vegas. Nash Vegas is what he we, was calling we gotta, it. We got to track down Mac yeah. for a uh, folktales for this season. By the season. way, KVB, you know, the former Titan, former Cardinal uh, on the Red Sea Report this week, uh, he told some good stuff, some good stories about when they would do the joint practices and now Jeff Fisher, then the uh, Titans head coach, we're not going seven and nine, Jeff Fisher, uh, and how he'd say, you know what, uh, we're not out here to fight, but we're not taking any stuff from these guys either, dot, dot, dot. And hence there were a lot of fights when the two joint practices happened. So we'll see what exactly is the case. Uh, Mike Vrabel and Cliff Kingsbury obviously go back to their Patriots days when they were teammates. I don't I don't remember seeing any joint practices that doesn't end up in some kind of fights. And I'm not just talking about the Cardinals. I mean, every every yeah, it's oh, inevitable. Although the ones in 2010, I don't remember it getting out of hand. I think there oh, was, it never there got were, out there of hand. There was there some was shoving. Scuffle, yeah. I don't think there were any hands thrown. And I don't even shoving. remember if there was anything in 2016 when the Cardinals uh, did the joint stuff with the Chargers. But that was also the one where. Bruce Arians got sick and oh that's right it kind of put everybody aside right. a little bit I mean that was a moment we're doing a live big red rage from the booth at the stadium and then there's a stretcher taking the head coach off the field that was a sobering moment and then uh, a day later he was meeting the media and thankfully uh you know everything was was okay but yeah, we'll have but, a special underground yeah, podcast was, just talking about wow. all the times we've had joint practice that's right um, this will be number what four for me, maybe? But you know what? If you're Mike Vrabel, doesn't it make sense? What's the old right. Sun's the Sun Tzu saying, right? About ancient war was uh, know your enemy. I mean, after if you're Mike Vrabel and you came out a week one a year ago and got jack stomped by the Arizona Cardinals, you know what? Why not keep our friends close and our enemies closer? Hey, Cliff, you want to come in for some joint practices and make sure we're ready to start this year? Because obviously we weren't ready to start last year. That's why I hang out with Darren. Friends close, enemies close. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. Didn't see where you were going with that, yeah. and now you're no yeah. longer my spirit animal. I, I, <laughs> I figured I'd let her finish that sentence. Uh, and, and, and not me. I didn't so know where I, that was I going. Didn't, I didn't jump in. <laughs> she just took the design. softball and she turned on it. It's like yeah. 400 feet away now. That's right. That's right. So, uh, you know, kept her hands back, waited till the ball was yeah, in the boom. zone, and turned on it. That was great execution. That's good. So, uh, all right. Well, you know. Um, that was a supersized one right here. <laughs> We'll see what the humidity factor is like in uh, Tennessee in uh, mid-August. Already exactly. he's whining about what's going to so be we'll like on the exactly. sideline. It was nice, actually, last time we were there. That's though That was back in the day. 
um, when Ron Wolfley was putting the full into former fullback, and really he was pushing 270. And and here's another little quick anecdote, and then I'm done. I might my, my my work is done here. And um, there was actually a, an Adrian Wilson cut from one of the Big Red Rages. We might play this week on the Big Red Rage because he came on and he ripped Wolf and the overall barbecue consumption. Wolf, they're literally. We went there every single day for four straight days. One day we went for lunch and dinner to this one barbecue joint, and we were sitting there, and since Wolf was done ordering, like, give me two scoops of that and two scoops, sort of this buffet style you work with, he ordered the family platter. He literally – Just for himself? Just for himself. And the look on A-Dub's face when he came through the front door, and he's in line, and he's looking at the seating, seating area, and he looked at Wolf, and, and the, I'm going to date myself. You're not going to get this, Danny. He kind of gave the John Belushi one eyebrow straight up and looked at Wolf's plate with this wide eye like, Wolf, what are you doing to yourself? And so, uh, yeah, that was that was one of my recollections from uh, from that from that trip. I'm trying to – I don't remember much else about that trip. I remember our Jim Omohundro said the quote was Adrian Wilson called Wolf's appetite. He's a human garbage disposal. Human garbage disposal yeah. was the uh, yeah was the quote. That sounds about right. I'm having some problems talking because I had major dental work uh, yesterday. So uh, you know, as if I don't already have problems talking. Now I have a real degree of difficulty over here. I need to just stifle myself at this point. I don't point. really know where to go with that. <laughs> so, I don't want to comment yeah. on Paul's dental yeah, work. I was going to uh, say something. I chose not to. Oh, you're so nice, yeah. Darren. That's, people that's say that about me. That's because we berated Paul for about 10 minutes about overtime yeah. <laughs> rules changing. The dentist I go to, uh, I love him. He's a good friend of mine. He's also a big-time car restorer. And at one point, I'm like, are you using the drill from your garage? Or is this is that from, your, from the dental equipment here? What is going on? Because this is getting... Out of hand. Uh, anything else we missed on this edition of Cardinals Underground? Craig Grigalu at this point is wondering what else was on the docket that we wanted to talk what about. Else? We're it's talking not, about not... your dental work. I don't <laughs> think I think well, we're out of stuff to say. Yeah. But I guess uh, so. Draft this year's in Vegas. Draft next year's in Kansas City, and then Detroit, which is also going to be the team featured on HBO's Hard Knocks. Yes, that's been about it. So I've me and Paul are going to go home news. to Detroit. And... Wow, I did not see that. Wait a minute. The next three oh, drafts have been decided. Yes. The next so three Vegas, drafts, right? This month, and then okay, or I we guess knew, technically we that. Next, okay, month. next month, and then Kansas City, Kansas City, and then Detroit, Detroit, and Detroit's okay. going to be on Hard Knocks this year during training camp. Interesting. That's the team they're following. Okay. Yeah, Dan Campbell will be good TV. That'll be good. That'll good be good TV. TV. Yeah, I'm trying to think who are some of the other personalities though on that team. There's the head coach, and then yeah, okay, that's uh. Can't help you there. Yeah. Well, okay. You, Dan Campbell, you better be on. You better be on, uh, on point. Yeah. So, uh, okay. There you go. That'll do it for this edition of Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation. <laughs>